Our U.S. military and military veterans are our country's greatest assets. But service comes with a price. Post-traumatic stress is our enemy, and our mission today is Operation Healing Heroes. Brought to you by Great Clips. Hey everyone, it's Jay Garstecki, and welcome to another edition of the Operation Healing Heroes podcast, where we document the lives of our U.S. military veterans one story at a time. In addition, we provide resources to veterans and their family members who may be struggling with post-traumatic stress so that they can get the help that they absolutely deserve. Also, be sure to check out our TV show, Operation Healing Heroes, on Discovery Channel, Waypoint TV, Wired to Fish TV, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. Today, I'm excited to change up the show a little bit and speak to Dr. Joseph Dettori, also known as Dr. Deep Sea. Dr. Dettori is a United States Navy veteran who is currently 30 feet under the sea in the Jules Undersea Lodge in Key Largo, Florida. He's roughly 60 days into his 100-day expedition called Project Neptune 100. The tube that Dr. Dettori is currently living in is roughly 20 feet long by 8 feet wide and 6 feet tall. Join me today as we go 30 feet under the sea and talk to Dr. David Dettori. Operation Healing Heroes podcast is made possible by Great Clips, the world's largest salon brand with over 4,400 locations in the U.S. and Canada. Great Clips, it's gonna be great. And by Sure Microphones, the leader in audio electronics since 1925. Visit them at www.sure.com. And we are back with Dr. Joe Dettori. Uh, Dr. Joe, welcome from almost 30 feet below sea level. You've been down there for 57 yeah. days. Uh, how are things going? So good. So good. It's criminal. I'm, uh, I'm terrific. How are you guys? <laughs> We're doing great up here. Uh, I wish I had something really cool to report to you, but unfortunately, it's life as usual up here. Uh, not much different than probably what you're used to. No, you know what's beautiful? I'm King Joe, and there's no news down here. So I don't know what's going on in the world, nor do I care. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Hey, just real quick for our listeners, uh, you and I did a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago uh, that aired on on uh, Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast platforms. And we were talking about you uh, going down undersea, and now you are down undersea. You've been down under there for 57 days, but who's counting? Uh, you're going to be down there for 100. So uh, this is uh, Project Neptune 100 is what, what this is called. And you're doing a lot of great things for science and, and studying a bunch of stuff. Um, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to speak with me today on this podcast. And uh, uh, it's absolutely amazing. I've been watching the videos that you've been posting uh, from underneath there. You've had some great visitors come visit you, some scientists. Uh, you're doing a lot of stuff with kids, which I want to talk about. Uh, you've done some explorations with uh, some friends and family outside of the, the tube underwater, but you just haven't haven't surfaced in 57 days. And uh, your goal is, is 100 days, and I, I know you're going to make it. But, uh, I mean, how cool is this? Yeah, it's great, man. Uh, so the project's called Neptune 100, and Neptune's an acronym. Surprise, I'm a Navy guy, and Neptune's an acronym, right? Right. Nautical Experiments in Physiology, Technology, and Undersea, UN, and Undersea Exploration and Ecology. 
So Very there's good. the Neptune for you. Love it. And Neptune 100 signifies that we're doing 100 days. I love it, man. It's uh, uh, for those people who, who want to understand who Dr. Uh, Dituri is or, or uh, Dr. Deep Sea, as we refer to him. You spent 28 years of active service. Uh, you earned a PhD in biomedical engineering with research areas of interest that included life support, equipment design, high carbon dioxide environments, as well as hyperbaric and hypo baric medicine. So I assume that that's part of what you're down there studying today. Yeah, hyper meaning more than, baric meaning pressure. I'm at more than the pressure that you're at. But it's very akin or analogous to space, you know, spacesuit, space travel stuff. So, you know, we're down here in this isolated, confined, extreme environment for a period of 100 days. And why is it 100 days? Because it can't be 200 days. I can't afford it. And <laughs> I was told that I'm not staying 200 days, right? As you and I talked beforehand. Um, it's 200 days the distance that it's going to take us to get to Mars. So we're going, we're going to Mars. We're going to Mars. And I'm like, uh, Elon, I have a question. Uh, do you think maybe we can work out the isolated, confined, extreme environment for 200 days and figure out what happens to the human body when it's exposed to pressure? and decompressing into a spacesuit, and decompressing back and going back. And, you know, I mean, we have to decompress to get into the U.S. spacesuit. I have to decompress to get out of here. So it's it's analogous. It's not perfect, but it's close. Well, it's absolutely amazing. Um, in watching those videos that you had posted so far, you're in a tube that is roughly 20 feet long uh, by around eight foot wide. But you had mentioned in that video that there's only about three feet of working livable space. Um, and it, you're... Uh, a little over six foot tall, and that tube is only about six foot tall. And so it's got to be pretty cramped down there, huh? It's pretty cramped. I mean, the tube is eight feet wide, but remember, it's a tube. So that means there's not there's a lot of wasted space, right? Sure. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is, right? So we have a, you know, we have a floor that goes eight feet down. But realistically, if you stood in the middle of that, you'd be on an incline the entire time. So we have to set the floor at about a six foot depth, which is it it hurts the head. You're right. <laughs> wow. And you know, by the time you get chairs and scientific equipment, literally, I got about a two foot, uh, you know, walkway. This is not, you know, it's not, uh, you know, disabilities uh, capable. Let's put it that way. You cannot roll a wheelchair through here. That's for sure. So, what are you doing for like exercise to make sure that you're staying healthy as it relates to exercise and stuff like that? So uh, as, as we talked, it's very akin or analogous to space travel. So what do we do in space travel? Well, in space travel, we have resistance bands. So our resistance bands that we're working, they use an ARAD. I understand they use something different. I'm using something that's easy for us. But what we're also doing is we're applying science to it. So we wrap a blood pressure cuff called the Katsu band around the upper part of your arm, right? And to work your biceps, you sit there and you pump up that you don't, the, the cuff puffs up, and it, it blocks the blood flow. When you block the blood flow, you increase something called nitric oxide synthase. When you do that, it increases a, a smooth muscle mediation, it, it increases the uh, uh, vasodilation, and you get to get more blood flow and more washout. So you get to be able to wash out more of your lactic acid that you build up so you can actually build muscle in an austere environment and we're hoping to work this through not necessarily for nasa but 
for the people that are traveling to space and going beyond our, our solar system, your atmosphere, you know. Yeah, that is amazing. Wow. How, how cool is that? So are you going stir crazy at all down there? Or are you just having so much fun that, uh, no. no, no, you, you and I both know I am under the loving care of two, uh, two psychologists, one that you know very well. Uh, and I received 19 psychological and psychosocial tests prior to going in here. And I'm known well by those by those two psychologists. And then I am continuing to do those 19 psychological psychosocial tests throughout the time that I'm here. And upon surfacing, I will get them as well. So we're not taking this lightly. Like mm-hmm. this is truly an isolated, confined, extreme environment. And they want to know whether I'm going to go batty and whether I can still do my job and whether I can still communicate, talk, do this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So so they're monitoring everything I do and they have the carte blanche to end this mission for me. But so far, things look good. So it's great. I absolutely love it. I mean, I wish that uh, my podcast was a, a video podcast, and it will be eventually and soon, but uh, I'd, I'd love for our, our listeners to be able to see right now because right behind you is a huge uh, window to our ocean. I mean, how cool is that? Fish swimming by, you've got stuff. I mean, how cool is that to be able to, to live in that environment uh, for you know, I, I guess for us, we'd love to go down there and visit for a weekend. I don't know that 100 days is necessarily in my future, but man, I would love to be able to do that. Allow me to give you some perspective. I have a three foot diameter TV. Okay. I have a three foot diameter TV that looks out on the world, and I am trapped inside a fishbowl, and I get to look out through that window all the time. So my TV that's in the habitat has never been turned on. But the window to the world that I have out here, this is always on. And I always look out it. And I have a little lobster friend named Fred who lives right there. <laughs> the Partridge family lives right across the street. There's a set of rocks right there. You know, the little perch come in here and feed. Um, you, you know, the angelfish come in. I mean, you know, look, we, we have all kinds of visiting friends. And while you're doing this podcast, divers may swim by while you're doing this podcast, the parrotfish may come by and just poop as they swim by out of the window. People are like, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's a parrotfish. It poops a lot. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a fish swim by while we were while we were talking. It was really cool. That's what made me mention it. I'm like, how cool is that? But um, I mean, it's it's hard. It's obviously without the visuals, it's hard for our listeners to understand. But uh, you're uh, 23 to 30 feet below sea level right now. Again, you've been down there for 57 days. You're staying down there for 100. Um, h- how cool is something like this? And what gave you the what gave you the hey? I got to do something like this. What what made you want to do this? Yeah, it was uh, it was October or uh, uh, November of 2012, and I got a call from James Cameron's people. And they said, hey, uh, you know James Cameron, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I know the guy. I know the name. Yeah, he just finished driving the Marriott Trench. He says, yeah, uh, he is interested in having you come out to his house and wants to talk to you about submersibles. Can you come out? And I said, really? Send me a ticket. I don't believe it's you, but whatever. So they send me a ticket. I go out to his house start walking his dog on the beach, looking at all the stuff that he did, walking through the whole thing and trying to figure out what's going on. All right, this guy went to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. And when he did, he got down there to the bottom and he collected a sea lice. Now in Florida, sea lice are itty bitty teeny tiny. They sit in your wetsuit and they give you a little bit of a rash. Now at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, they're 11 inches big. 
11 inches. That's a pretty big sea light. Wow. So he saw it, collected it. When he collected it, he brought it to the surface. Number one, it's a it's a, a little bit of a new species that nobody ever seen before. Number two, it's a partial cure for Alzheimer's. Let me say that again a different way. There was a cure, a partial cure for Alzheimer's existing at 35,000 feet underwater. And we didn't know anything about it until we stumbled across it and accidentally collected it. So I sat back and I'm writing the report for him. And it's December 24th of 2012. And I remember this distinctly because I wasn't putting together kids' toys because it was due on the 25th. <laughs> so I was like, I'm sitting back and I'm going, everything we need is here on this planet. We have the yin, we have the yang. We have the dark, we have the light. We have the disease. By God, we have the cure. It's here. Love it. We just need it. We need to go find it. So in, in you know, whatever, 4 billion, 4.5 billion years of genomic wisdom, there's arguably 20 million species on this planet. We have found 5 million of them. We better get to work and go find stuff. So here I am, 2012, going, we have to live in the ocean. And everybody's like, you are <laughs> off your rocker. You retired from the Navy and you went crazy. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got a vision. You know, it's like Thor when he goes, I had a vision. I'm like, I have a vision. I don't know. And here I am 10 years later, I'm living in the ocean. Awesome. Absolutely love it. So talk to me about some of the uh, the partners that you had partnered with in order to make this whole thing happen. Yeah, so it would not be possible at all without the International Board of Undersea Medicine. The International Board of Undersea Medicine was crucial in starting this, pushing it, seed funding it, and then further funding it and did a great job at a good portion of the funding. Marine Lab came in. And Marine Lab is doing uh, co-sponsoring at this point. Marine Resources Developmental Foundation, they're a 501c3 nonprofit. And what they do is they basically educate kids on marine science, if you will. Now, there's a whole bunch of young people, and I say young because they're probably mid-20s, right? Mid-20s, yeah. I think the oldest one is 30. And all they do is educate people from landlocked states or even Florida, right? They'll, they'll educate the kids on marine science and how this works and what, what to be looking for and so forth, how, you know, how crustaceans molt, how that works, that kind of thing, right? So we're doing this education sort of a, a, a thing as part of this. So the International Board of Undersea Medicine does, it's hyperbaric medicine simplified. Training, you know, they do a whole bunch of training for hyperbaric systems and, and hyperbaric medicine. They teach hyperbaric physicians, so great people up there. So those two organizations are the key people. Everybody else, they basically just did individual sponsorships of just a night by coming for a night. So everybody that came, came for a night, they hung out, they did what they had to do, and, uh, and you know, we talked our talk and we walked. So, but like I said, this is a three-part mission. I'm doing biomedical engineering on myself. That includes blood, urine, saliva, EKGs, electrocardiogram from a heart, electroencephalogram for my brain to see what the brain waves are doing, pulmonary function tests to see how my lungs are functioning. Like I said, those 19 psychological psychosocial tests that are continuing to be done, blood pressure, SpO2, you know, all sorts of reading of doing ear exams, ear testing, visualizing, ear pressure stuff. So that's all the biomedical aspect. The second aspect is that we're doing the outreach to the kids. 
And I'm talking to these kids that are up there and high-fiving them as they come down to my window right here because I'm, I want to get them interested and intrigued about science, technology, engineering, and math because we are real problems to solve. And I mean real problems. Like, you know, we got to figure stuff out and we need science, technology, engineering, and math to do it. And we need scientists that are trained so that we can get the problem solved in our world. And I want them to think that science is cool because I believe it is. Right. Yep. You don't have to be all beakers and white coats and laboratories and stuff like that. And then third and final thing that I'm doing is I invited every one of my friends down here that is a visiting scientist, PhDs, MDs. And we talk, you know, they're marine scientists, shark experts, uh, you know, uh, sponge experts in the ocean, um, ichthyologists, uh, crazy things, you know. So they come down here, they talk their science, and we talk about preserving, protecting, and rejuvenating the marine environment. Well, I mean, we just had somebody on here that was talking about transplanting coral onto a reef. It's like, oh, we grow it mid-water column, and then we just transplant it, and we just glue it to the reef, and it just sticks. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. So she's like, oh, yeah, we do this all the time. We can populate an entire reef with this stuff. All we do is break them and they grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and we just keep planting them. And I'm just, I'm floored that these experts have this capacity and ability. But it is all about preservation, protection, and rejuvenation of the marine environment. And that feeds right back into the kids in science, technology, engineering, and math. So hashtag winning, we killed three birds with one stone and we're not even done, you know? I love it. That is so cool. Um, wow. So I mean, the, the amount of, of stuff that you're doing down there is is absolutely amazing. Um, I know you had mentioned that you had scientists, you had shown a video. So anyone who wants to go watch Dr. Detoury and see where he's living right now, um, go to Dr. Deep Sea on, uh, on YouTube. Just YouTube search Dr. Deep Sea. Check out some of the videos. He's been posting videos every few days. Uh, one of the, the ones you did, which I found was fascinating, was a tour of the capsule that you're living in. And I, my wife yeah. was asking me, how, how does he get to go out? Because I know you get to go out to do dives. You never surface, but you do dives with people. And she's yeah. like, how does that happen? And I said, I don't know. I said, I'm really not exactly sure. But by watching the video, now I completely understand. It was pretty cool because you you showed me the hole. Basically, you went into a different room and you showed me the hole where yeah. you get to go down and you get to, to, to dive and come back in. And then you actually have um, your own living quarters, but you also have living quarters for a scientist or somebody if they wanted to spend the night or stay down there for a day or two with you. Have you had visitors and, that yeah. stayed with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those are those marine science experts, right? Those are those special people that come down here and they sponsor somebody to come down here. The other thing is we bring citizen scientists, aquanauts down here, kids, kids that are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. And we go, hey, just go ahead and ask Dr. Tori any question. You got him for 24 hours. And like literally, I'm like, oh, hey, I got to do an EEG right now. That's an electroencephalogram. Can you help me with it? And they Very walk cool. me through with my science that I'm doing, and they're helping me, you know. So it. they're they're helping me go collect coral samples to go look at them in the, uh, you know, in the in the microscope, you know, look at bottom sediment. It's amazing. So we're making these kids interested about the marine environment. It's neat. How cool is that? I mean, that's absolutely amazing. And and I got to, I know everyone was asking, my wife asked, you know, how's there a bathroom in there? Of course there's a bathroom. Is there a shower? Yes, there's a shower. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting how you explained, uh, as far as your food goes, though, that you can only use a microwave due to your, your living environment, right? You can't light a fire. Right. 
the laws of physics have that we are, because Boyle's law and Dalton's law, we have partial pressures of oxygen here that exceed 21%, which lowers the fire threshold. Uh, so you could basically ignite. So we're smart enough. We know what we're doing down here. So it's like, okay, let's limit it, right? Everything's limited to power potential. You know, we everything's mic owned. Every, you know, everything's checked and done. So, you know, shorts down here would be a bad thing. Sparks would be a very bad thing. Yeah. So we don't like that. Nor open cooktop. I had to beg them to get a coffee maker down here. It had to be a special one that was slow. And yeah, so it takes me like seven, eight minutes to get a cup of coffee in the morning. And I'm like, oh my God, I I did see that. I did see you had the coffee maker because you said no good science could be created without a coffee maker. So that was, uh, I did see that. Oh my God. People that don't drink coffee, I just can't even relate. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, And then you do have a small fridge with a little freezer, like college dorm room fridge and freezer. So you, you got... I guess the amenities of home, maybe not to the extent that you have them at home, but, uh, but you've got a, a pretty good life down there, I guess, huh? True. And, and by the way, to call the other side quarters or to call my room quarters is a little bit of a stretch. I was yeah. thinking about that today. I was, you know, my stateroom on the ship when I was a Navy officer was bigger than this entire place. Wow. <laughs> than the entirety of my space here. My stateroom on my ship was bigger, well, you know, and that sets off a lot. You're what, 6'1"? Is that what you said, 6'1"? 6'1", 220 pounds. 220. And your your bed, I know that one bed that you showed uh, in the video, the one above, you said was uh, even smaller than a twin-size bed, and you wouldn't even fit in there. So uh, it's just amazing. Well, I don't get me wrong. I fit shoulder to shoulder. I fit, but... I'm right there. There is no, like, there's nowhere to go. No, this is a teeny tiny rack. This is no kidding. A rack. Love it. Have you you been sleeping pretty good down there? Actually, the intriguing part is I have about double the amount of REM and about one and a half to two times the amount of deep sleep because we're doing sleeping experiments too, psychological and psychosocial, right? So the sleep experiments are crazy off the charts like i sleep way better way shorter but i'm fully and completely rested wow. i'm not tired i'm not exhausted my metabolism is ramped i'm yeah i i'm, I'm jack so I, you're getting a much better quality like sleep much better quality sleep and my ratio is like 60 percent. so deep rem to overall sleep is like 60 percent. it's unheard of unheard of for Joe Dottori for sure. So my sleep expert's coming in a little bit and he's an MD that's been working on this project with me. He's like, I have to look over your data. So he's going to look over his data. He's a Navy SEAL that is now a sleep doctor. So, you know, he's on the team and he's a great guy. Wow. I can't wait to hear the results of that or what he comes up with. And, 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 and even if there's some type of hypo, hypo, whatever theory that he could come up with, some hypo, hypothesis that hypothesis, basically says, sure. yeah, that like, hey, listen, maybe, you know, yeah, who knows? Uh, especially for those of us who suffer with sleep, you know what I mean? Who uh, have sleep deprivation. Yeah, and- but see, there are a couple of things that we know for sure happen in hyperbaric medicine. And we know because of the testing that has previously been done. Hyper, meaning more than baric, meaning pressure. We go over that. Now, here I am at 1.7 or so atmosphere. So I'm almost twice the atmosphere that you're at. So in about this pressure, I can double 
the number of circulating stem cells that you have, CD34 plus progenitor stem cells specifically, in five air-only treatments at 1.3. We're at 1.7, so wow. we're deeper, right? So we're going to get more is the theory. So as you look at this, we're going to get more stem cells, and we know full well that hyperbaric oxygen therapy yields longer telomere growth. So you can increase your telomeres, which are the things on the end of your chromosomes that increase the amount of life you actually have. Hold on. I'll say it a different way. It's the key to anti-aging. It's not truly because you get hit by a bus, you get hit by a bus. It's nothing <laughs> to do with that. Right? You know what I'm saying? It, it gives you an ability to replicate that, that cell more times, which is the extension of life between wow. 25 to 33 percent, depending on who's science. So those are all known things that happen in hyperbarics. We're going to tell you at the end of this what comes out of it and how much more. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, those are all known things that happen in hyperbarics, the known mechanism of action right now. Wow. I absolutely love it. And and I do want to talk in the next segment, we're going to take a, a break here in a minute, but I do want to talk in the next segment about your undersea oxygen clinic. Cause um, I was down in Florida last week. Uh, I wish I could have got to come see you. I just didn't have enough time in, in this trip. Uh, we, we had, we did one of our take of fishing events down in uh, Madeira beach, Florida. And uh, the day that we were supposed to take our veterans out fishing, the weather was bad and we couldn't go out on the seas because there was uh there was five to seven mile an hour. Uh, well, not five to seven, five to seven foot waves out there and it just wasn't uh, safe and it wasn't oh really healthy for them. So we postponed that yeah, from no, Monday to Thursday. Um, we were able to get them out on Thursday. They all had a, a great time. They caught over 400 fish. They had a blast, but it, it set me back a little bit as far as uh, the timing that I had down there. But I did get to uh, meet up with Dr. Um, uh, with with uh, Dr. Royster, and I got to get over to your your undersea oxygen clinic, and I, I learned a ton of, about that stuff. And I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to go yeah. into the chambers, man. I really am. I mean, after hearing that young lady that you had working for you, who's absolutely amazing, she is. Uh, I'm just a wealth of knowledge. And, and again, I want to talk more about that in the next segment. But um, wow, you can you can actually um, simulate what you're going through right now, being under under pressure and underwater in your oxygen clinic. Is that pretty accurate statement? In my oxygen clinic, 100%. People think that it's an accident that I'm at this pressure and depth. It's not. This is exactly the pressure at which I treat traumatic brain injury. I love so it. So it's man. like, ah, oh, coincidence? I think not, right? Like, like I said, we already have three main focuses to the mission, so I can't give like everything, but we are working on traumatic brain injury and, and increasing cerebral uh, blood flow. And yeah, so we're going to, we're, we're trying to light the world on fire with this one match. We just got one match, so we're just going to wait. <laughs> So we'll see how it goes. Very cool. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the Undersea Oxygen Clinic and exactly how you're treating people. Uh, we'll be right back. We're talking to Dr. Joe Dettori, who is undersea for 100 days. He's currently 30 uh, feet undersea, but under there for 57 days. Uh, we'll be right back. Operation Healing Heroes podcast is made possible by Wiley X Sunglasses. Wiley X is a family-owned company founded by U.S. military veteran Miles Freeman Sr. with a focused determination to create the world's best protective gear for those that protect our country. Over 35 years ago, Wiley X was born on the battlefield 
Today, Wiley X continues to pioneer protective eyewear and sunglasses, not only for our military, but for consumers as well. Visit www.wileyx.com and support the companies that support our veterans. This week's Veterans Resource Nonprofit of the Week is Healing Wave Aquatics. The mission of Healing Wave Aquatics is to support individual wellness and management of complex stress through aquatic therapy. We provide a research-based aquatic therapy program to military and veterans who have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress through an eight-week program. The therapy uses the property of water, including warmth, buoyancy, and fluid movements to help veterans heal from physical, mental, and other traumas and medical conditions. This treatment thoroughly stretches, expands, and supports the spine and body while promoting a sense of peace and relaxation so complete that the recipient tends to surrender and release tensions that enable the body and mind to move beyond the limitations that gravity or fear would otherwise impose. Visit www.healingwaveaquatics.org for more information. And we're back talking to Dr. Joe Dottori uh, about his Project Neptune 100, 100 Days Under Sea, to learn about the uh, effects that it has on not only his own personal body, but also educating young adults, uh, kids in in school, uh, scientists. He's he's doing all this stuff for uh, to, to basically... Prepare for for the next wave of or the next for our future and and Doctor Tour. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. When I went into your clinic, um, I didn't know what to expect. I got to be perfectly honest with you. You know, Doctor Royster had come to our Take a Vet Fishing event, and she said, "Hey, you know, you guys are in town. Just come down the street. It's only twenty minutes away." And I was like, "Absolutely, I need to see this." And um, I walked into your office, and the first thing I saw was one of your old dive suits, which I thought was probably one of the coolest things. <laughs> Ever. Like, literally, I'm not kidding. I was like, holy cow. Um, I mean, you see that stuff on movies where these guys wear these helmets that are, you know, and and there was one that you had worn right in your office. And then uh, the young lady showed me, um, and this is crazy, but you made a dive to, and you, you tell me, it was over a thousand feet, I know, and you brought a styrofoam head, right? Like a, a mannequin head that you would use for a wig or whatever uh, to display. And you brought that down with you to show what it would do to your head if you were to go that deep, over a thousand feet into the water. And this head, this this life-size human head, you know, styrofoam was shrunken to, what would you say, a quarter of its size? I mean, it was quarter crazy. Of its size, yeah. And it was, uh, it was 24, 2490 oh. feet. Okay. So I was way off. Yeah. It was more, but no, that's okay. Look, that man, was, you don't know. <laughs> holy cow. When I saw that and she was explaining it to me, I mean, I'm a visual person, right? So when I saw that, I was like, this is probably one of the coolest things that I've seen. I mean, but that just goes yeah. to show you what, um, you know, what the pressures down there would do to the human body. I mean, it's just true story. Amazing. And then uh, she showed me some a piece of glass that was like over three inches thick. Um, and and that was pretty cool because to think that that's how thick that glass would have to be down there to make sure that, you know, keep you safe. And yeah. Well, exactly. And that's the kind of thing, it's plexiglass, but that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's got to be this thick to, to withstand this. Those chambers that you saw were like an inch and a quarter thick. You can't really tell because they're just glass tubes or they look like plexiglass tubes, but they are not, man. They are like, woo-hoo-hoo. These are thick. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 
you know, we over-design everything. Listen, your Coke bottle, your this is a Gatorade bottle. A Gatorade bottle can definitely withstand 45 PSI on the inside, pounds per square inch. I'm at 25 pounds per square inch. I know that it can withstand 45 because I've taken it to 45 PSI, left the cap on, brought it to the surface, and then went, oh, and it's a little bulging, but I open it and, it, and all that gas comes out. So we know that this Gatorade bottle can hold 45 pounds per square inch. We over, over, over design it for safety, margin, all that. So, you know, but that's good. I mean, right? It's it's a medical device. So, yeah, of course, we over design it, right? Sure. Sure. No, and that's it, 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 it. These are just things that you never, as a you know, everyday life and consumer, you just never stop to think about stuff like this. You know what I mean? And it's it's so cool to be able to um, to understand it at a completely different level. And then when she wiped uh, walked us into the to the back, and and I saw those two uh, hyperbaric uh, oxygen chambers. Um, I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road. I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing. And and she was. Uh, like I said, she was smarter than me by a hundred years. But that being said, when she was explaining this stuff to us and and the effects that that it can have on on our bodies and and both physically and mentally, um, I literally wanted to jump in that thing immediately. <laughs> I mean, literally. And so, right. And the beautiful thing is, there is th- there's a very very small chance you have a better chance of winning the Powerball for there to be a problem. But really, there's no side effect. Right. So if you have a better chance of winning the Powerball than getting, you know, winning the winning the lottery ticket with the Powerball, uh, then then actually having a problem in a hyperbaric chamber. It's not like these drugs. It's not like these, you know, oh, oh, this thing. Oh, yeah, it's got a thirty four point eight percent chance of killing you. Like even even, you know, antibiotics that are out there, you know, a, a Z pack. Yeah. The Z-Pack has a black box warning on it that we have known since day one. And it's like, if you have long QT syndrome, you could die if you take this. Like, like you could die. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute hold on, time out. <laughs> like, really? Really die? Oh, yeah. You know, but like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, we're like, ooh. But it's all natural, and it's been around since 1664. Wow. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> 400 years. I mean, it's not 400 years, it's 380 years, but come on, man, it's almost 400 years we're talking about this thing. And it's amazing. And and so we got to tour that. And I want to talk about that because there was a a story that she had shared with me that I know you you have some information on. So I want to talk about that as it related to Alzheimer's. But uh, she continued to take us. Dr. Uh, Royster took us on the rest of the tour and there was an ice bath. Um, uh, There were different things within that the room with the ice bath with uh, electrodes that skull caps that you know uh, but all the research all the science that comes out of the undersea oxygen clinic is absolutely amazing and um yeah i mean we've always heard and we see athletes in ice baths and things like that but maybe we don't understand exactly the, the, the benefits they have on our body oh it's not the yeah it's not just being in the ice bath that helps you. It's the breathing associated with it. It's the overcoming your mental fear. It's the you got this attitude. It's the it's the learning how to control which part you breathe out of the mouth or the nose. You know, sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system activation. There's so much science behind that. We just did a study in the ice bath where we said, 10 minutes outside the ice bath with eyes closed, eyes open, EEGs or electroencephalogram, 
And then we got in the ice bath. You got to see what it does to coherence and phase lag. Oh, I'm not going to spoil the beans. Wait till that study comes out. You're going to be like, I want an ice bath. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Amazing stuff. So that being said, I want to talk about a a story or a study that you guys had done there. Uh, And I'm going to put it in layman's terms because this is the, the, uh, the way that I understood it. But you correct me where I'm wrong within the story itself. But the young lady uh, had explained to me, and and the reason I want to talk about this is because Alzheimer's, um, I don't think that there's a person that uh, out there that doesn't know someone who's experienced Alzheimer's dementia, that type of thing. And and I just lost my dad to it uh, last year, uh, unfortunately. And my grandmother was, yeah, and it's a terrible disease. It really is. And my grandmother, who was my dad's mom, uh, died of it. And we watched her, her go through the entire thing. And and it's sad. I mean, it's sad as a, a, as a, a young child watching my grandmother and not necessarily understanding even what Alzheimer's was, right? You know, you, you know, we, we'd go talk to grandma and, uh, and she'd go to the bathroom and come back and forget that you were even there and say, who's this and who are you? And, right. you know, that's, that's just, sad. Oh, yeah. that's not grandma. Uh, so that being yeah. said, my dad, when he started understanding that he was getting Alzheimer's, when he started realizing what was happening to him, you know, and, and this is, he's a Marine, right? He was, he's a veteran. And, uh, he actually asked me if, if I would kill him. And that's about the hardest thing a son could ever hear from their father is, Hey, you know, would you end my life? Because I don't want to go through this. I don't, I don't want to live like this. Right. Um, you're a better man than I, if you could pull that off. Yeah. And of course, yeah, you, you, you can't do anything. And I, I explained, I said, dad, you know, I, I'd do anything for you, but I can't do that. Right. And it's one of those things where, um, I had to sit there and watch the next, whatever, three years, five years of his life just waste away. And he didn't live. He existed. Right. And, um, and it was sad because uh, in the end it's, it's horrible. And, uh, and so that being said, I ended up going and uh, I ended up getting into a uh, conversation with the young lady that you had there at the Undersea Oxygen Clinic. And she explained to me that you had an Alzheimer's patient. Um, and I don't know what, at what stage this gentleman was in, but his he was to the point where he couldn't drive any longer, right? And uh, his wife had to drive right. him to the oxygen clinic to get the uh, hyperbaric oxygen treatment. Um, and I think he signed yeah. up for like 40 treatments, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And in a nutshell, after I think it was 20 or 22 treatments, this gentleman was driving himself to the oxygen clinic and after the 40 treatments, I don't want to say he didn't have Alzheimer's anymore, but I'm going to say that he was to a point where it was almost non-existent. I mean, absolutely right. amazing, amazing. And when I heard this, I mean, it literally brought a tear to my eye, but I'm like, how many people can we help with this? It's amazing. Right. If they only knew. We can help all of them is the thing. So that's exactly what happened. Now, just for, for in the interest of full disclosure, that person was part of a study. He did not pay to come. He was part of a study. Okay. And that study, IRB, you know, Institutional Review Board, whole things, uh, medical doctor reviewed them. And what this study was for was PTSD. So the PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, was one of the things that he was feeling. A secondary thing that he had was this dementia Alzheimer's sort of thing. And he was kind of getting lackadaisical and forgetting stuff. And his family did not feel comfortable with him driving. So they drove him. Now, he probably could have driven. I think maybe everybody's being a little bit overcautious. But he was completely forgetful. 
it's one of these like you're driving uh, or he'd be sitting there and he'd go all right what am i doing here yeah and you can just see that whole like i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing here right you can see that and you can see how that's dangerous when he drives so i don't want to overstate the case and be like oh this guy was perfectly no you know it was kind of a mediocre mid-range thing but it's profound absolutely profound that by the end he was driving he was with it he was like hey listen i i need to cancel my thing uh you know for tuesday because i yeah i'm playing golf with my buddies guys yeah we're going out we're gonna and i'm like what the actual are you kidding me (laughs) i mean you gave him his life sorry doc i just gotta (laughs) so but it's great i mean you're giving people back time Right now, is it going to permanently fix it? Uh, we have no idea. Was it part of the study? Absolutely not. Did it actually happen? Absolutely happened. Watched it, saw this thing with my own eyes. Now I'm the researcher, so I'm sitting back and I'm going, I wish we had some objective quality measures. So now anybody that's in any kind of a study whatsoever with us, they do full, full testing beforehand. So they do psychological, psychosocial testing with Dr. Royster, and then they come in and they do an EEG, and we come in and we get films or we get whatever on them before they go, because we got to do this. We got to we gotta capture this data. We got to capture this information. I love it. Um, do you think, I got a couple questions as it relates to this, but the first one would be, yeah. do you think that this could, um, could uh, myself, obviously, they, they say that, you know, Alzheimer's is hereditary and that type of thing. I mean, you know, you're now I'm hyper vigilant, right? I'm always thinking, oh my gosh, I forget something. And I'm always thinking, oh my gosh, this has got to be the onset of it, right? I'm 51 years old now. Uh, and there have been times, and I, I'm being perfectly honest with you, when there's something within that I should be able to easily go out and grasp within my brain and remember it and be able to spew it out. And I can't for the life of me think of it. And it, it makes me concerned a little bit. I mean, and, and I'm wondering, could something like this actually be preventative as it relates to Alzheimer's? Could it potentially, if you were to get the treatments now before Alzheimer's were to set in, could it potentially make it so that, one, it doesn't set in at all, or two, maybe it doesn't set in to the, to the extent, or, or maybe it, pro, it gives me 10 additional years before I would potentially get the symptoms, those types of things. Is there any studies that have been done that could, yeah. could prove that? So the first thing you got to know, and you should be informed, go get the test to see if you have AL6 expressed, right? I think it's AL6. It's a gene, right? Whether or not you have a chance of getting Alzheimer's. If you don't have it expressed, you don't have a chance of getting Alzheimer's, so you're good, Okay. right? But if you do have it expressed, you have a possibility, even a probability predicated upon whether mother, father, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, all that, and they, they work it down and they finagle it, right? So- then when you have that, there are many things that you can do. And here's what the one thing that I came through when I was diagnosing and not diagnosing because I'm not a medical doctor, but working through my own traumatic brain injury and healing my own traumatic brain injury and then follow on with the other military vets that I treat. So I found that when you have a potted plant, you can ask three different people what's wrong with it. Somebody will say water. Somebody will say it needs food. Somebody will say it needs sunlight. And the problem is, as a clinical researcher, what I will do is I will isolate it from water and food, and I will give it direct sunlight for 24 hours a day, 365, and my conclusion will be sunlight kills plants. And then if I go ahead and do the same thing with water, water kills plants. And then if I do the same thing with food, food kills plants. Mm -hmm. 
the problem is you need to do everything at this point. So there are many things that you can do. You and I can talk offline about those directly, but there are many easy things that you can do. You need to increase the carrying capacity of your hemoglobin. We have ways around that. We need to deliver oxygen safely and effectively to the areas that we have inside the brain that are poorly perfused. Dementia, right? Mm-hmm. Squeezing down, vasoconstricting, you know, vascular dementia. Listen to the title, listen mm-hmm. to the thought. It's the squeezing and the narrowing. What you have to do is in the face of poorly perfused tissue, you you know, you have to increase the amount of oxygen that you can get there. There are ways to increase cerebral perfusion. We we know them. Hyperbaric oxygen is only one of them. And if it were Joe, Joe Dottori sitting there going, I have AL16 or whatever the gene expressed is, I would be like, yep, I'm going to do all these things because that's how we cured traumatic brain injury. But, and when I say cured, I don't even use that lightly. Like I have... I have, you know, military veterans that are going, the VA had me hooked on 11 drugs. Yep. I could, I needed something to wake up. I needed something for the mid-morning hangover. I needed something for the pain midday. I needed something to pep me at three o'clock. I needed something to start to get ready to go to sleep. I needed something to sleep. I needed something to keep me asleep. I need something to wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. You don't need any of that. <laughs> right? So I'm just a scientist, right? I'm not a medical doctor. However, comma, as I look at this, I go, hold on, you need a tender dosing, love of care, uh, you know, wrapping your arms around somebody. You need to take time to take time for yourself. You need to care more about your health than I care about your health. And I care about your health. Yep. You can't pay somebody to have, give a food, right? Uh, but But we do, right? So you get that all these things combined and you can cure, heal yourself. That's exactly what you need to do. What I would do if it were me, you do whatever you want, I, you know, but it would be what I would do is everything. Like when you're losing your mind, I know this. I had a traumatic brain injury and I'm a traumatic brain injury researcher, right? So mm-hmm. here I am researching traumatic brain injury. I'm like flying the plane while I'm trying to assemble the wings. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> Right. I'm like, I'm in la la land. I'm going, I, I, the wheels are coming off the bus. It's insane. <laughs> right. And and I was at the point of despotism. So that's when I looked at it with that thought process behind the, the plant model. And if you go, this is the way we look at it. And it's a drug model, truly, because if you isolate everything else and you just take this drug, this is the only thing that's going to change. Okay, I, I understand that, but there's external variables. Was the sun shining? Was it, was it, you know, I do have seasonal affective disorder? How was your whatever? How much walking did you do? Whatever. You know, there's many sure. things that can be confounding variables. So yeah. Wow. I'm gonna definitely look into that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about too, and, and they had explained was the neuropathways, how it creates new and better neuropathways as it relates to uh, and and how does how does that help us uh, live better lives? I mean, going into the hyperbaric right. oxygen chamber and, and and doesn't it force oxygen through the body, creating more blood cells? Uh, is it red blood cells, I believe, or something? Uh, no, no. Forcing oxygen through the body would create less, less red blood. Okay, cells. that's what it was. Less. Red you blood. don't want to do that for a long period of time, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm in. I'm in a high oxygen environment, so I will very likely have less red blood cells when I get out. But that's okay, all right? Because you don't need them because you're in a high oxygen environment, so your body kind of slows down and relaxes a little bit. 
But uh, with respect to that, the mechanism of action that you're looking at is you're, you're looking at something called brain-derived neurotropic factor, really complex term for lawn seed for the brain to grow synaptic pathways, right? Okay. Now, this is all, I'm simplifying this. Don't mm-hmm. give me, I am simplifying this, right? <laughs> but like, if you put the lawn seed down and then you water it with oxygen, right? You water mm-hmm. it with oxygen. So where do you get the brain-derived neurotropic factor from? It appears that when you come out of, it's called hypoxic inducing factor, HIF-1 alpha, the guys won the Nobel Prize for it in 2019. So this is brand new science, right? When I say brand new, when you run the Nobel Prize in 19, right. you know, this is like really seriously new. Hypoxic inducing factor number one alpha. This is the kind of thing that when you come out of a high oxygen environment and start coming back towards the normal baric pressure that you're at, your body induces something called HIF-1 alpha, which they believe don't know yet, all the science isn't through, they believe increases brain-derived neurotropic factor. And if it increases, in fact, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is the long seed for the brain, well, then you get it when you're coming out of hyperbaric. So you're in hyperbarics, watering the lawn with the oxygen, and then you get more lawn seed when you come out. So this is why we treat people BID or twice a day. People are like, really? Like, yeah. And there's a whole bunch of things. And and we also treat people for a period of 30 days. So people go, why 30 days? And I say, well, because you need at least 30 days to do what? Form a habit. Mm-hmm. And it's not the habit of taking better care of yourself. Not necessarily. It's not the habit of give a hoot about your body. It's not the habit that we make you do of journaling everything that happens to you on a daily basis and being grateful and having gratitude for things. It's not all those habits that I'm talking about. It's the habit of remembering how to make vascular endothelial growth factor and insulin growth factor. And that's right, (laughs) brain-derived neurotropic factor, right? So it's that habit that you used to know how to do when you were young because you did that when you were young and everything was jamming. And now you're getting old and things are slipping and you're forgetting how to make that. So you're re-reminding your body how to make it. That's why it's so transformative transformational. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I say transformational, I've had guys that have gone through the program that are like, you saved my life. And I told them I was underwater for a hundred days. I told the whole group and they're like, no problem. I got you. I said, the one thing I'll miss is the sun. So they send me the (laughs) sun. sun. They send me pictures of the sun every night. This is how you know you've helped somebody when every night they stop what they're doing, go outside at sunset, take you a picture of the sun and send it to you so that you can feel comfort. For a hundred friggin' days, Love you it. know you've changed their life. Amen, so it's like brother. I've changed that guy's life. Great, you know, it's like it's happening, well, happening. This stuff is absolutely fascinating, and you and I could go on for hours and hours. I know I don't want to take up much, you know, more of your time. I know you're busy, but man, I, I really was intrigued by all of the different things. Um, I think they said it was what seventy six minutes or seventy three minutes in the in the chamber. Um, seventy six minutes, yep, in the chamber. So total time's about an hour and a half. That's the problem, right? Patient compliance is my biggest problem because you got to care enough about yourself to put down the phone because mm-hmm. you can't take the phone. To put down the phone for an hour and a half a day and check out, and I don't turn on the TV when I go in there. I breathe. I breathe and I relax. Why? Because I'm in there to do a job. I'm in there to breathe, relax, meditate, walk through all my stuff, 
focus and it focuses my mind, my day, my body, everything. I, I just, I don't watch TV. No way. Why would I do that? I so thought that was kind of interesting can, how they had the TVs on the outside of that. And I'm like, oh, you could lay there and watch TV, I guess. Right. Yep. Or you can lay there and do the work. Who's going to be better? Amen. Who's going to be better? the person doing the work? That's the one you need. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, the way that I understand it is that, um, you know, you could get in touch with Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Dottori through the Undersea Oxygen Clinic that you're out of Tampa, Florida, uh, pulmonary critical care and undersea and hyperbaric uh, medicine, uh, 701 West Shore Boulevard, their floor, Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-533-7093. Uh, and you can reach uh, Dr. Dottori through that. But um, man, to, to purchase, I think, isn't it, you sell them in like 20 packs or something like that? Is that is that pretty accurate? You can like <laughs> We sell them in 20 packs. That's the way to do it, right? So because I don't want you coming in and just doing one and right. going, hey, this didn't help because one's not going to help you. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's like taking one antibiotic and you go, I, I, it didn't help. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. It's not going to help. So if you're not going to do between 10 and 20, don't save your money. Yeah. Save your money, you know. And, and, and we don't take insurance because it's just not the game we play. You know, so that being said, can uh, can we give an idea as to dollars and cents wise what a 20 pack is cost? Is it twenty five hundred dollars? Is it three thousand dollars roughly? So it's uh, it's about two fifty a treatment. I don't know what the two fifty or so a treatment. I don't set the pricing. That's not my thing. I hear you. Here's what I know. Since COVID, I've had an 18 percent increase in the cost of oxygen. Yeah, 18. I believe I'm like, that's raw cost. Holy mackerel. So you look at this and we were paying gajillions of dollars for oxygen before that. So now we're paying more gajillions of dollars. So it's like, holy mackerel. And I go through, you know, I go through a 10,000 cubic foot, 10,000 cubic foot of oxygen a month. Wow. Well, here's here. Let's <laughs> so put things into perspective. How, professional change. Yeah. Uh, how much money would you spend to, I don't want to say save your life, but to, to get your quality of life that much better. That's all I can ask. And and the reality of it is that, you know, we're always paying medical bills that, uh, you know, we have insurance and we pay an astronomical amount of you know money for insurance each month. And then you still have deductible on top of that. And then you have your co-pays and you have all right. this other junk, right. Uh, that you're paying top dollar for. Uh, when the reality is, is that you can do these types of things and it can, it can head off a lot of the, the, the symptoms and a lot of the problems that you're having. And, and you wouldn't have to go out and pay, make those co-pays and make those, you know, uh, deductibles and yeah, high premiums. So the, the traumatic brain injury healing program that lasts 28 total days is it's $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. So this $10,000 treatment, but this is you're here at the facility seven hours a day, every day. And you're getting every treatment known to man that will make you feel better, right? So it's like, this is all good stuff. And, and you know, is it all proven in science? No, I got red light therapy. People are like, oh, red light therapy is not proven. I'm like, I know, but it's not gonna hurt you, right. is it? So if it, there's a chance that it'll help you and it's not gonna hurt you, let's do it. Why not? Because it's cheap enough, I bought it. It's all inclusive package, right? You go from one thing to the next. You, you you increase your neuroplasticity by doing brain games. Yeah, they're the same brain games that you can just buy online. I think it's $10 a month for the subscription. But I make you sit down and do, do it, it on a schedule 
at this time. And then you go in the ice bath on a schedule at this time. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and do you meditate? Did you go through? Did you take care of this? Do you take care of that? So we're working these guys. So by the time you leave there, two hyperbarics a day, cognitive behavioral therapy, structural energetic therapy, physical therapy, you know, all these therapies combined together. And you are now like, when you leave there, you feel pampered, you feel rested. I had one guy that was over angry and he was like, he would come to places and he'd be like, I had to sit in my car 15 minutes because on the ride there, I worked myself up so much. He's like, I was late to your clinic and I called you and I was so worried about being late that that fifth day or whatever it was because it was an accident. And I said, don't sweat it. Drive safely. Get here. Don't think another thing about it. He got there and he was like, I have never been this calm. Never. That was five days into it. That's amazing. And by the end, this guy loves us. He loves us. Why? Because we took him down off the edge. We took him down off the ledge. And he's got a nine-year-old daughter. And he, and that daughter is like my best friend. She <laughs> I, She's my fishing buddy. So I get to hang out with her. But Love. this is like we, we make family friends. So. Well, you're doing great things, Doc. I know Doc. I'm a lot. I apologize. No, don't. Never apologize. This is fascinating stuff. And for any veteran uh, or, or family member that's listening that has, has suffered a traumatic brain injury, uh, I think the $10,000 price tag, they would break their arm, get in their hand in their pocket to take the money out if they knew that their loved one would be treated and cured of their traumatic brain injury. So um, you yeah. personally are proof that traumatic brain injuries can and will be healed uh, through your clinic. And uh, I had the the luxury of being able to tour the clinic last week. All I can tell you is that it's a one-stop shop for everything that you need to, to cure uh, your traumatic brain injury. They have everything in house. Even the chiropractic stuff is all in house. I mean, it was amazing. It's, it's so cool. Right there. Yeah. Right there to see all that stuff. Um, but and in, in addition to that, again, the, the, the studies and the things that you're doing as it relates to post-traumatic stress, it's absolutely amazing stuff. Um, I wish I could be down there with you and that we could be doing this podcast live. Unfortunately, I can't dive. My, my sinuses don't allow me to do it. I would have been down there. Uh, that being said, I'm going to ask uh, one last time, if you don't mind, when you come back up uh, after you've got 40, 43 days left down there, uh, would you mind doing one more podcast with me and just kind of let's get some of the, um, the the studies that you're doing down there. Let's get some of the research out there and let's let's educate the American people on what uh, the, the things that you're accomplishing while you're down there. Yeah, 100%. You know me, man. I'm I'm all about the talking thing. Let's just get the information out and in the right hands so that people go, oh, yeah, this is, this is an alternative to taking a drug. Or for me, when I had my traumatic brain injury, they told me, here's what you need, a tincture of time. <laughs> and I said, are you serious? That's your cure for traumatic brain injury? That's what you want to do? You're a neurologist. That's really your cure? I was like, wait, uh, I, 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 I tried not to laugh, but then I was like, oh, you're serious? Oh, yeah, no, don't worry about it. I'll go cure myself. That's fine. I'll, I'll take care of myself. And I did. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Well, I'm not going to take up any more of your time, Doc. Is there anything more that you'd like to, uh, to just kind of say uh, from 30 feet below the sea level? You got 43 more days down there. Um, again, now, I, I appreciate here's my, you. my honest thought. No, 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 no. And here's the difference. I freaking appreciate you. I appreciate what you do for our veterans. I appreciate Thank what you. you do because you take kids and you turn them 
and you get them to shift their mindset and you get them off on a and, and you know everybody's got a story that story needs to be told everybody's got any all these kids you keep doing that and whatever you need i'll come and do i'll, I'll you need me to hold your your fishing pole i don't care <laughs> whatever you need i will come and do it i don't care so you, you want brother. me to come on your show you want me to shine your shoes i'll shine your shoes well you we're just gonna keep taking care of Kids. You know we're you're, we're doing a we're doing here. a Dr. Detoury episode next year. Um, I'm going to be living down in Florida, and you and I are going to do a, a live episode in in person. None, none of the podcast stuff, but I certainly appreciate that. And and like I said, you fascinate me. Um, you are absolutely a wonderful guest to have on this show because I I could talk to you for hours. I literally can, and I know that I I don't want to take up much more of your time. But man, I certainly appreciate you doing this. Uh, not only for me, but for our listeners, and and just. No, there's hope out there. I mean, there's there's hope for traumatic brain injuries. There's hope for post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Um, the healing process, hey, you weren't broken overnight and you can't be fixed overnight. But you know what? If you uh, will will give Dr. Detori the time, he will absolutely make tomorrow better than today for you. And that's that's all I can say. I mean, what more? Right, and that's the only thing I promise is to make you better than you were yesterday. That's right. Amen. True nobility is not being better than your fellow man. It's being greater than your former self, Hemingway, right? So- if we can do that for you, make you a little better than you were, that's it, man. Just focus on that little bit every day. Very cool. I love it. Um, hey, I'm going to I'm going to let you go. We're going to we're going to talk off air about uh, trying to see if we can get a special guest down there for you. And I don't want to I don't want to open a can of worms. But we're going to try and see what we can do. And if we do that, I may do another podcast here with you with uh, with both of you guys, if you can get them down there. But uh, no, we certainly love appreciate it. you taking the time. Uh, and and if nothing else, when you do come back uh, up to civilization up here, uh, we'll we'll make sure that we get get a third podcast in. And then, like I said, next season, uh, we're going to definitely film an episode with you. And I'd really like to do it at your undersea oxygen clinic if you'd allow me to do it there because it's there's so much you there bet. to see and so much cool stuff. So um, you take care of yourself. Uh, man, I, I certainly appreciate everything that you've done and uh, we'll we'll be in touch. And again, like I said, the appreciation goes this way. Thank you. You got it. Go to YouTube. Check out Dr. Detoury's uh, Dr. Deep Sea. Just search Dr. Deep Sea. Keep up with him. Check out the uh, the videos that he's posting every uh, few days and uh, keep up to date on what he's doing. Uh, until then, if you are struggling with post-traumatic stress or a loved one, uh, please reach out to us, operationhealingheroes.org. And until next week when we talk to another uh, U.S. military veteran, I just want to say thanks to all of our veterans because without you, we wouldn't be free. So amen to that, brother. We'll talk to you soon, Dr. Tori. Yes, sir. Take care. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Operation Healing Heroes podcast is made possible by Sure Microphones the leader in audio electronics since 1925. Visit them at www.sure.com and buy Great Clips, the world's largest salon brand with over 4,400 locations in the U.S. and Canada. Great Clips, it's gonna be great. This week's Veterans Resource Nonprofit of the Week is Healing Wave Aquatics. The mission of Healing Wave Aquatics is to support individual wellness and management of complex stress through aquatic therapy. We provide a research-based aquatic therapy program to military and veterans who have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress through an eight-week program. The therapy uses the property of water, including warmth, buoyancy, and fluid movements to help veterans heal from physical, mental, and other traumas and medical conditions. 
This treatment thoroughly stretches, expands, and supports the spine and body while promoting a sense of peace and relaxation so complete that the recipient tends to surrender and release tensions that enable the body and mind to move beyond the limitations that gravity or fear would otherwise impose. Visit www.healingwaveaquatics.org for more information.